0: To Arizona State. Right. I'm a Sun Devil, man.
1: State of the Sun Devils with Jeremy Schnell, Jesse Morrison, and Mitch Beraldis, An Arizona
0: Sports Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome into this edition of State of the Sun Devils. No, Jeremy, this week, it's a big week for Jeremy, Jesse. He's getting married, yes. He's getting married. Married. We're both excited for him, so of course he's taking the week off. We'll both be there. We will both be there. I think you're going to be a big part of the wedding too, right? I am a groomsman, correct. Yeah, so this is going to be an exciting weekend for us. Of course, an exciting weekend for ASU Hoops as well, because it's rivalry week. We'll yes. get into that momentarily, because we have to start with the fact that they were able to finally end what seemed like this endless losing skid against Utah, Jesse.
1: Yes, they were finally able to win. Um, What I was really impressed with in this game against Utah is Jose Perez, because just less than a week, well, actually exactly a week before the game on Saturday, he was benched for the second half, Um, and he came out on saturday against utah and had 21 points one of his best games of the season and i yeah i was just really impressed with what he was able to do it's good for him to recover the way he did because he was dealing with the injury they were working him back off of the bench and then he
0: kind of just he was getting a majority of the bench minutes but he wasn't getting the starting role as a result of him trying to return and him trying to get back to that jose perez form so yeah against utah was a really nice bounce back for him I like the big play as of late as well. Like Sean Phillips has had a really good couple of games. Bryant Salabonga as well. The the problem that I'm facing is... Frankie Collins put it out there after the Utah win. Don't give up on us. Or something to that elk. He said don't give up on us on his X account. Yeah. Twitter. but they, they have 12 losses, Jesse. I With the amount of games they have left, which is not many, their only path to an NCAA tournament bid at this point is to win out the Pac-12... And I just don't see it at this point.
1: Yeah, I don't see it either. However, what they're going to have to do is get hot at the right time. Right. And this is the time to start rattling off some wins. And then they're going to have to win the conference tournament, which... In my opinion, every team is is super beatable except for U of A. So they would just have to get over the U of A hump, in my opinion, mm-hmm. um, because they can play with pretty much anybody else in the conference on a good day. And then, yeah, they would have to go and run the table in the Pac-12 tournament. They're probably not even going to get a bye in the Pac-12 tournament anymore. No, no. So it's going to have to. It, it would be really, really tough for them to make it. And then they would end up in Dayton again. I mean, I've, we've got the standings right now. So Arizona is
0: at the top. They're ten and three in the conference. Washington State, you mentioned teams that just get hot at the right time. The Cougars were very much a team that got hot at the right time. They're in second at nine and four. Then you've got Oregon and UCLA tied at eight and five. Beneath them, Colorado and Stanford at seven and six. Utah, Arizona State, and California are all six and seven. So we're gonna see some breakup there. Washington is at five and eight, and then at the bottom of the conference, at three and ten, both Oregon State and USC. And they're probably going to end up with one of those middle seeds again in this tournament, at at least is how it looks right now, which means they're going to have to face someone equal in the first round. So I expect a win in that regard if they're playing someone close to them in terms of record-wise. But after that, I just just don't know. I don't know.
1: They've got to play down the stretch like they did on Saturday, 42 rebounds to Utah's 39, and they had... Ten turnovers to Utah's thirteen. When ASU can out-rebound their opponent and get more turnover or force more turnovers, then they give up turnovers, then you know that they'll they have success. I would love to see more ball movement. They had thirteen assists to Utah's twenty-three, um, but I, I don't think we're going to get that. I think this is just how their offense is going to play. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, I just think that they've got to follow that script. They've got to attack the glass. They've got to make sure that they're forcing those turnovers. Frankie Collins again had an amazing game, turnover wise or steal wise. Three more steals for him. He is, you know, gunning for the ASU record, maybe even the Pac-12 single season record and steals. He's been a terrific defender this season, um, and you know they've got to ride him and they've got to ride Jose Perez. Um, because those are the two, you know, consistent players. Other than that little stretch for Perez, they've been they've been the two most consistent players on this team this season. So they have Oregon State tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday morning. Correct. So if you're listening
0: to this after Wednesday night's game, the result of that obviously will play into how the rest of this week will go. But they have Oregon State tonight at home. Very winnable game for Arizona State. Yep, and a much needed win because this weekend is their first game against U of A this year. Now yep. they've been in the same building as U of A and have they? They obviously didn't directly watch it because their game was prior in that footprints in the Jerry Colangelo Classic. Not a good game for ASU. Not a good game for ASU. It was a pretty strong showing by Arizona. Yep, and it's it's a weird Arizona team, and what I mean by that is. They've had three really weird conference losses this year that don't that show the weaknesses that Arizona has had this year. Like they're the they're the number 5 team in the country right now, but the losses that they've had have really shown the weak side of this Arizona team.
1: Yeah, I really question them being at number 5 in the country just based off of the strength of this conference and this this is not Me being biased toward ASU or whatever, it's just based off of the strength of this conference. Whoever's in the top of the Pac 12 right now, like, have you looked at the rest of the conference voters? It's Mm -hmm. it's one of those things that makes me think that, like, the voters aren't really watching West Coast games and they're voting based off of, you know, pedigree. And oh, it's Arizona. They're 19 and 5. They're leading the Pac 12. Okay, here we go. Um, But yeah, are they really better than UNC, Kansas? Uh, you know, uh, Tennessee, Duke, I, I really don't, I don't know. Kansas <laughs> had the tough loss on uh, Monday,
0: of course. That didn't count into this week's poll, of course, because it's released on the Monday morning. But I think at the same time, pe- voters are a little more believing in what Arizona can do, I guess, than in terms of, you know, as you mentioned, UNC and Kansas. But I agree with you about the state of the conference. I wonder if it's one of these conferences that's, It'll look stronger than it did during the year when the year is done. You know what I mean? Because Washington State went on a run, and now they're right behind U of A for the first seed in the Pac-12. Oregon started off super-duper hot. Now they've kind of mellowed out. You know what I mean? Like I think this conference is going to look a little bit stronger when we're all said and done. But to, but yeah, I agree with you right now. It doesn't look that strong.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they have the one team in the top 25, Yeah, which just doesn't look strong and if they don't even have more than one team in the top 25 going into the tournament like that's a big stain on the conference yeah. and obviously it's going away so or kind of going away we have
0: an update on that yeah. in just a
1: moment if you keep uh, but like I just I think number five for the Pac-12 leader right now is a bit of a stretch. Like you've got a 21 and three South Carolina team and a much better SEC. Mm-hmm. So again, i I'm just I'm just a bit confused as to what the voters are, are voting on just based off of UVA of A lost to Oregon state, like Oregon state yeah. is not a good team this season. Like they've shown that they're not a good team this season. So, I uh, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a pretty, um, down year for the PAC 12. I don't see U of A as a, as this great team. I think that they're really missing to Ellis from last season. Um, I think he was their best player, and they haven't really replaced him. Even as as much as he's annoying, uh, Kirk Creesa kind of gave them some a bit of a spark. They were hoping to get that out of Kylan Boswell this year, and they've
0: had it for seventy five percent of the games. But then the other twenty five percent, where he's not on, it's very evident how much they need him. And yeah, need his presence for sure. Um, I have to complain. Okay, because. If I'm not mistaken, traditionally speaking, rivalry week is always the only game that the teams play during the week. Correct? Usually. So yeah. why, why did the schedule makers give Washington against Arizona State a solo week? And then we've got this little Oregon State appetizer tonight leading up to Arizona on Saturday in Tucson. What... What happened to my Pac-12? I mean, a lot has happened to my Pac-12. But what happened to traditionalism? What happened to just the single rivalry match being the only game for those teams during the week? I hate this. I hate this so much.
1: Uh, They have two off days between games. To me, it's just not that big of a deal. Like, it doesn't bother me that much. And your argument about tradition, we threw tradition out, like probably a decade ago when the original Big East like or sure. not not even the original Big East but like the Big East that had South Florida in it uh, you know kind of became the American and then some Big East schools stayed and made a basketball conference that has other sports like that's when tradition I think started to die and then this past year to like tradition is to be damned uh, these days in um, college sports so I, just, I mean I I think if it was a Thursday Saturday I'd be a little bit more upset but they have a Wednesday Saturday and it's a night game on Saturday so it just doesn't really bother me too much you, you got to be ready to play just, like just, th- this just, is a wolfly wolflyism. like <laughs> you've just got to be ready to go and and you got to do your job and show up and you know pl- play to your best ability and either game i don't think it really matters when they are who they're against i just miss the old ways man i miss when it was the one game and it was
0: on the saturday and that's when it was i looked ahead at the schedule by the way i'm pretty sure that the u of a game against arizona state that's in tempe is on a wednesday and it's the only game for that week okay does my gripe about the scheduling still hold
1: because I just find that. Annoying. It's fine to me. I don't, I don't, again, I don't really care um, that much about about it. Like It just doesn't really bother me. So busy
0: weekend for the State of the Sun Devils crew. So we won't be able to do a reaction pod after the first territorial game. But we will be back next week in order to react to how ASU did, uh, not only against Arizona, but tonight against Oregon State as well. And maybe their fortunes will be different. Yep. Uh, we teased it just a couple of minutes ago, but there is some significant change happening with the pac can two. we still call it 12-2? Pac-2. Uh, per, I saw it first from John Wilner, but many other outlets uh, have reported the same. John Wilner, who's with the San Jose Mercury News, had said that the conference, the Pac-12, is working on formally separating itself from Commissioner George Klyovkov. Uh, they plan to name Teresa Gould as the replacement. She currently serves as the deputy commissioner. But, Ooh. you know, just in time, right? to separate themselves from George Klyovkov, right? So,
1: I'm just so confused by this because I thought, like, Oregon State and Washington State were trying to separate themselves from the Pac-12, too. Mm-hmm. Why are they uh, appointing a deputy commissioner? Is that just for the rest of this academic year? Like, yeah. The Pac-12's not going to be around unless something happens drastically that changes things in the next few months and, like they merge with the Mountain West and call themselves the Pac-12. Well, maybe like, maybe that's
0: part of their last-ditch effort, is we're we're going to appoint somebody else, we're going to see if we can get some sort of a merge deal done, or some sort of a, hey, can you adopt us deal done? Because, right, to your point, once this calendar year ends, this conference is gone, like, officially. I don't think, I think there's a rule that has, that requires you to have a certain amount of member schools in order to sustain viability as a conference. So it feels like a
1: last-ditch effort almost. Do you know when you get to an older age and you're, there's still wreck baseball? Yeah. And there's the two teams that play each other every week? Yep. They should just do that, and it would, it'll just be Washington <laughs> State, Oregon State, <laughs> that just play each other over and over and over again. Uh, so the other
0: interesting piece that I found from Wilner's report, there was an official statement from the conference, and I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but... What I took away from it the most was there was an invitation of the departing schools to release a statement. And I wanted to ask you, or I wanted to brainstorm this a bit. One, would Arizona State find any reason or have any reason to release a statement on this separation? No. And two, if they did, what would they even say at this point? Like... Is it an opportunity to just bash the leadership even further? Like, what would they say if they were to release a statement at all? I don't I don't know.
1: We're sorry that we're leaving and George (laughs) did a job that was bad. I don't know. Like It's just that's like I don't know what you would say. Like why why are they inviting schools to release a statement? I've never heard that before. I just wonder if they want to feel like
0: they're giving the schools an opportunity to say what the conference was thinking the whole time or want to defend the integrity of the conference itself and separate it entirely from the leadership in charge. But we've talked about this ad nauseum. That goes back to Larry Scott when he was the yeah of the conference. It's not it's not all George Kleovkov's fault, but he's kind of the the fall guy as a result.
1: Larry Scott. Uh, whoever they were consulting with at the universities that wanted a $50 million per year, de- yep. per year, year deal. Surfer Professor Bro, right? Surfer professor, professor Bro, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'd have to go back and listen to, to find that character. <laughs> uh, like, I just, I don't know what, what you would say here other than like, we're disappointed in the leadership of George Klyovkov and what, you know, his improper evaluations of things or... That he gave certain people power to pro- improperly evaluate uh, the, the schools and the conference. It's just, it just to me, it like, doesn't make much sense why would you why would you release a statement i mean if anything you're going to you could release it just a long statement saying starting in this year larry scott became commissioner he started this bad network that not as many people not that many people get uh and then they transitioned to george klafkov hoping to uh salvage things and it and he, he didn't get it either so there you go that's like the, that there's a statement for you right there <laughs> But, like, why would you say that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
1: So, wanted to pass along
0: that news. Uh, Doubt anything happens in terms of whether it would save the Pac-12 or not. But it is interesting that it took him this long to decide, yeah, we're going to separate ourselves from the commissioner who watched 10 member schools just depart. Let's talk about hockey. A sweep over the weekend. They've moved from 18 now up to 17 in the latest uh, college rankings. Shout out to Gibson Homer who got a shutout in the first game. His first ever NCAA shutout. Shutout, excuse me. He got thirty-seven saves against Alaska Fairbanks as well. Wow, really strong showing for uh, Homer. And then I think he followed it up with another thirty-plus save performance. Uh, They outscored Alaska Fairbanks six to two. So very strong on defense, and then a lot of shots offense or enough shots offensively that got past the goaltender to get through.
1: These past two weeks have been really good for asu hockey um even the game against lindenwood where it was just i was there uh, <laughs> the brawl right it was just it was just fighting for like basically <laughs> the entire game uh, it, it was it was ridiculous i've never seen that many penalties and that many ejections in a hockey game in my life uh, <laughs> but yeah i mean the, the, they've one four in a row if you count the overtime win against London wood um, this is what they needed to do because they had that really really bad stretch in January where they were losing games and it looked like you know they might fall out of the top 20 and not might not make the tournament uh, right now I think they're Pretty solidified, number seventeen in the country. I don't see why they wouldn't make the tournament. They're also one of six teams in the top twenty to get to the twenty win
0: mark. They got their twentieth win on Saturday, so to be in that collection of teams as we're approaching the final couple months here, that's it's really important for ASU to maintain that. Uh, they have this week off, so no hockey this week. But then they're going to head to Fairbanks, Alaska, to take on this same Alaska Fairbanks team in their part of the woods. Uh, next weekend. So, no hockey this week, but then they'll be back at it next weekend. Let's we'll switch to women's hoops. Um, not a, not the best showing against the LA schools this weekend, and uh, Juju, Juju Watkins is starting to go on a heater right now with the amount yep. of points that she's scoring. Uh,
1: any takeaways that you had in particular from the two losses? Just, Juju Watkins is really good. Even when she has, like, a poor shooting night, she somehow messes around and gets... 30 points, like she's yeah. one for five from three in that game uh, on Friday. And then, you know, UCLA is a really good team. So, uh, you know, they, they got a couple conference wins this season. That's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you just kind of hope for one or two more this year for ASU women's basketball. And looking at the standings
0: right now, because they will, of course, partake in the Pac-12 tournament in yep. a couple of weeks. They're tied with Oregon at 2-10 and 10 in conference play. And then they're taking on the Washington schools this weekend,
1: who are also in the bottom five of the conference. So maybe you can bottom five in the conference, though in the Pac-12 for women's basketball is like not that bad. Yeah, it's you know, but Washi- they did beat Washington earlier this year. So
0: Washington overall is thirteen and ten. Washington State overall is fifteen and ten. But each of them have three wins for Washington, four wins for Washington State in the conference. This is this is historically one of the better conferences in
1: women's college basketball. Yes, and. They can beat Washington State because Washington State's best player, Charlie Sledger walker she's out for the season. Uh, unfortunate injury for her. But, you know, they, they have it's, – it's a more beatable team now. So, you know, they, they could get a sweep this weekend easily. But, uh, you know, Jalen Brown continues to be a really, really good player for them. Um, but you never know. They got the Washington schools, they start on Friday,
0: and then the other one is on Sunday of this weekend. Those aren't the only events going on in ASU athletics this weekend, and I know you and I are both excited for what's happening today in Major League Baseball. Yep. But for college baseball and for Willie Bloomquist Club, they start this weekend, baby, hosting Santa Clara
1: at Phoenix Muni. I have a little bit of a rant about this. Oh. If you're driving by Phoenix Muni, the sign on there's a sign, a marquee out there that says Road to Omaha begins February sixteenth. How about they focus on the tournament first? <laughs> like every time I walk, I drive by that, I laugh because ASU baseball has been down for a few years now, mm-hmm. and to say the road to Omaha starts February sixteenth, let's let's just hold our horses there and make sure that they get to the tournament first before. Or saying, Road to Omaha begins February 16th. The, the first Bloomquist season, it was very much down.
0: The second Bloomquist season, so last year, was a f- vast improvement from yes. the year prior. Yes. And they came, what, a few games, a few percentage points, I'm air quoting for those watching on video, away from getting a. A regional spot they wouldn't have they wouldn't have hosted obviously, but a chance to be in a regional. So yes, I think that this is an opportunity for Bloomquist to show that he's really growing this program. And
1: ASU historically has been a very competitive baseball team. Yes, historically, but again, let's not assume that they're going to Omaha. Sure, sure. <laughs> All right, you're you don't want to get inside. Uh, and if so you're fine. if you're not a college baseball fan, Omaha is where they have the College World Series for now you men's know. college baseball. There's also the Pac-12 uh,
0: baseball tournament, which was introduced just last year, and they're going to have their second and final
1: uh, one this year later in Arizona. So maybe one that we can check out. I'm pretty uh, sure, once. I could be wrong about this, but I'm pretty sure they're having the inaugural Pac-12 softball tournament this year. I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Inaugural, but first also and fi- first and last. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> uh,
0: speaking of softball, uh, we met, we failed to mention last week, but they kicked off their season as well. It started really rainy. I think the first game of the Kajikawa Classic had to get rained out and then um, postponed to a different day. But softball's underway, too. Uh, Another year with Megan Bartlett trying to regroup that club after Trisha Ford uh, took the the separate job away from Arizona State. Um, They're getting there. You know, they've got a nice young crop of players that she's brought in, but wasn't the best season last year. Maybe they can turn things around for the better this
1: year. They play Virginia Tech this weekend.
0: Oh, I know you're excited about that. Then. I am. I will I will do my best to be there. Total events this weekend for ASU, uh, Thursday through Sunday, 24 different ASU athletic events this weekend, and that includes water polo, that includes gym, that includes wrestling. There's a lot of great events going on in ASU athletics that are happening this weekend, some of them here. So if you get the chance, go out and support your Devils. Especially baseball, we love baseball. You know, pitchers and catchers reported today. Yes, uh, right.
1: baseball is my favorite sport. Not necessarily at the college level, but baseball is my favorite sport. At the college level, I would go football or you know, men's or like basketball. You like the wood bats over the aluminum? Yes, that's the problem. That's the problem. It's the, it's the bats. It's really the bats to me. It's like it doesn't sound right. I get it. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of State of the Sun Devils. If you
0: like what you heard, maybe you can find us on YouTube, and then you'll like what you watch. The Arizona Sports YouTube channel is where you can find not only content from every State of the Sun Devils podcast, but content from every show during the week, as well as the other great podcasts that we have here at Arizona Sports If you like this podcast, give us five stars. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on the Arizona Sports app or ArizonaSports.com. Follow us on all of our socials, which is x slash Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Threads? We have threads. I don't know if I did that as well as Jeremy, but here we are. At AZ Sports Devils is all of those platforms as handles. And, of course, if you like us, Jesse is at Morse Code. Yep. Spelled
1: funkily. Yeah. M O R R s c o d e underscore on twitter and just morse code on instagram and then
0: i'm swinging a mitch because nobody would be able to spell my last name if i gave it to them so swing and a mitch play on words i told you i liked baseball what's your instagram uh mitch says hey okay or reverse hey mitch you know because hunger games was big when i made that handle and that's gonna do it we'll catch you guys next week